Hello, Dunker Punks. Welcome to the Dunker Punks podcast, where we are empowering peace builders all around the world. I am happy to introduce this episode highlighting a journey of peace building. Nathan Hostler of the Office of Peacebuilding and Policy interviews Chidinma Chidoka, their new fellow. Chidinma is a Nigerian-trained lawyer, switching lanes a bit into a career as a peacebuilding and conflict resolution practitioner. She is a 2022 graduate of the International Peace and Conflict Resolution Program of the School of International Service at the American University in D.C. She had an exciting career as a lawyer and ran a thriving local NGO, but now Chidi is looking forward to engaging constructively in conversations that will influence policy and legislation affecting people whose lives are disrupted by conflict. I can imagine so many of our listeners are journeying as peace builders, doing hard, draining work for the greater good seen through the life of Christ. As we follow alongside Chitty in hearing her journey, let's think about our own journeys as peace builders and remember why we are called on this path. So today I'm with Chidinma Chidoka, uh, a fellow at the Office of Peacebuilding Policy. I'm Nathan Hustler and I direct the Office of Peacebuilding Policy and also with the Washington City Church of the Brethren in DC. Um, Chidi and I met several months ago in October, I believe, when uh, she reached out uh, to talk about potentially doing a fellowship with the Office of Peacebuilding Policy. And we we talked, you know, around the the typical academic and professional background things that one would talk about when you're considering doing a fellowship together. But we also had a conversation around her call or shift in vocation towards peacebuilding. I don't see it as a dramatically different shift. Uh, she was in political work and a lawyer. And so there's a good professional backing to doing this work, but felt a particular uh, call or shift in call and pursued studies in peacebuilding here in DC. And so I thought uh, with Dunker Punk's background and thinking about vocation and discipleship and call and faith and uh, social engagement, this this felt like a good a good way to go to talk through this background and this change, uh, this uh, vocation. So Chidi, um, Hi. <laughs> thanks for joining <laughs> us. Uh, good to have you on Dunker Punk's. And uh, I will just open it up broadly with that yeah. little bit of background. I'm interested to hear your your journey of how, where you were, where you are now, and how you see the transition, where the changes are, continuities, how you see that lining up with your faith. Um. Yeah, thank you. I'm very happy to get an opportunity to share um, my thoughts as well as my journey to peace building. So I would say, like you said, Nathan, I was a lawyer, um, worked in a little, a little bit of political space back in Nigeria, but um, I would I would say the path, my pathway to peace building, was um, was laid from even before I became a lawyer, because um, my both my parents were clergy, and um, I saw that intersection between. Um, I would call it church work and impacting the society. And um, I I saw that it was, it's definitely, um, it's definitely important. I shouldn't be overlooked in um, trying to develop or even exist in a society. So yes, I'm a lawyer. Um, incidentally, while I practice as a lawyer, I 
got um, introduced very early to what um, we call in the legal world alternative dispute resolution. So people don't, where you don't have to go to like a courtroom and go through all of that process. And um, I think for my, my personality, I liked that idea of settling disputes without the coldness and the, the um, I would say the, yeah, the animosity that hostility that comes with going through a legal battle. It's not a very popular way, but um, I think, again, I would say for my personality and my background, I feel like we can, we can get along. Why, do, why can't we just get along? There must be a peaceful way of um, resolving disputes. So this is from the legal point of view. So in my mind, I would say connecting this worldview with my background as a church kid, a pastor's kid, um, I found a way to, I, I discovered that there was a way to generally build peace without hostility and, you know, um, the weariness that comes with um, just settling a dispute. So um, how do I put it? Yeah. So we, without the weariness and then being married, being involved in the political space, I also learned that it's not just legal. There is now societal issues and just a way to create balance, bring balance while, while development happens. I don't know if it makes sense. It's, it's all still so broad in my mind. And um, I naturally gravitated to peace building. I come from, um, I come from a place where there is, there are many, um, there's multiplicity of everything, tribal, religion, and then we have to find, find a way to get along. So I would say that was my pathway. I, I, I think that's how I'll describe my pathway to peace building. So there's two two threads or, or themes I'd like to pick up, and you can choose which one you respond to. One for the Church of the Brother members who are listening to this in Nigeria over the last number of years, and for many people for decades, Nigeria has loomed large in our uh, understanding of the world because of the Church of the Brother in Nigeria. Um, so I know that uh, you come from a different part of Nigeria than EYN primarily yeah. is, but it'd be interesting mm -hmm. to talk about kind of the con your context with the Nigeria, how that differs from EYN or how that relates and how you see your kind of coming from Nigeria and that context, how that shapes your understanding of peace building. I think the other theme I'd like to tease out a little bit at some point would be the these sort of levels of peace building with the well, Office of Peace Building and Policies work. You know, much of our work is on the policy level, uh, you know, sort of functionally kind of in the middle space of coordinating working groups, for example, and kind of engaging on that. But when we think about peace building, you know, sometimes people think of interpersonal sort of very local, local peace building. And sometimes people think of, you know, primarily in issues of international relations, so like stopping war. There's a lot, as I hear you describing it, there's there's a lot in between. And yes. OPP works kind of at both of those extremes of leaning on the policy. And so I'd be interested for you to 
spend a little time talking through your understanding of peace building and the different levels of peace building and how you see um, that relating to you personally and or how your vocation has continued to develop um, while you spent a few months now with the Office of Peace Building Policy. Okay, I think I'll start with the first trait. You It's very broad, but um, the keywords I heard, Church of the Brethren, EYN in Nigeria, um, and how I see it, peace building. Uh, okay, so um, yeah, I'm from a different part of the country. EYN is mainly in the north, but I grew up in Abuja, so I'm definitely exposed to um, members of the EYN. I'm definitely exposed to Northern Christians. Let me put it that way. And um, I would say that the Northern Christians in Nigeria are really are the ones who have um, borne the brunt of um, religious clashes in Nigeria and even intertribal clashes in Nigeria. If we, if we were to look at Nigeria as a whole, um, the Northern Christians have definitely borne the brunt. And um, I, I think that was how I first heard about the EYN in the North, um, in the, okay, so my mom went to school at what is called the TCNN in Bukuru, in, yeah, so we got to know a lot of them, interacted with them, also heard firsthand of what they have to endure. So now, um, I, I I liked the idea of the fact that there is an Office of Peace Building and Policy of the of the Church of the Brethren who are, who understand these issues and are able to uh, create policy, affect policy, advocate on a broader level to create solutions that can help them locally. So I've jumped to how I think policy work in DC affects um, local efforts. Um, it's only people who know firsthand what, what risk, I would say Northern Christians, not all of them are members of the Church of Brethren, but it's only people who know what risk these people are exposed to that can effectively advocate for them on a broader, broader, larger scale to create or yeah, advocate for policies that will affect their lives directly in, in the North. So um, I think that was one of my biggest attractions to the Office of Peace Building and Policy. Um, it, it, when you think of when you think of protecting or advocating for um, people at risk in Nigeria, nobody thinks of the North because when you think of the North in Nigeria, you assume everybody's Muslim there. But there's a small population of people who are right in the middle of whether it's the extremism or the terrorist activities or just generally violence who are at risk. 
So um, I know that I jumped, Nathan, but the one. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep following this third a little before you switch over to the other my other proposed question. So within the policy space here in DC, there's a lot of conversation. Uh, you know, a lot. there's a fair amount or growing amount of uh, conversation around localization. So localization of peace building, localization of humanitarian access or aid or development, and the idea is that it's it's the idea is to challenge the structures that assume you can have a. Uh, you can kind of know best from a capital what what is needed somewhere far away and so trying to get voices directly and so that is a thread within policy work at least in certain certain sector policy work um i, I put that as, as a thing kind of within the theology or theological or ethical theological ethical reflection space there's also a fair amount of conversation to push in the last decades uh increasingly so realizing that uh it's kind of a, it feels like a version of the localization conversation and policy and so you know theology cannot be done detached from community concerns theology cannot be done just by elites or just by especially elite white men you know kind of like all and so the idea would it, it feels like a parallel or related conversation of how theological reflection needs to both reflect the experience lived experiences and spiritual needs and strengths and agency and challenges all all that encompasses being christians and being humans and so i would i, would, I would guess invite again it's a fairly broad question invite reflection on you as a i i i raise a question in nigeria or the, the identity of nigeria because of the church's brother when we hear nigeria we always think of eyn which is what i when i hear you saying this you say well when people hear christians in nigeria you don't usually think of the north you think of the south or not the north and so i guess i'd invite some reflection on this question of local voice uh voice of the affected communities as well as in theological reflection or spiritual reflection as we think about our faith and vocation and how that develops in community in particular church communities okay very broad um I'm going to pick out the keywords and then just tell me if I'm on the right path. So local voice, theology, policy work, and um, elite white men. <laughs> okay, we can drop the elite. <laughs> okay, but yes, it's, um, I, I don't know if I'm, I mean, my, my opinion is, um, Theology shouldn't just be about, I mean, it is, it's about history and Christianity and all, but the greatest impact is made when it's able to touch somebody, a real person. So we're talking about at the lowest level, at the most local level. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, Nathan, but um, I would say that it's important to have um, a voice from the local that feeds that feeds or connects with the policy where the policy is being made or how the policy is being advocated for. So in my mind, I'm thinking local man. Um, theologian, pastor, elite white man, 
but on the, this person understanding what is needed at the local level, drawing, um, drawing attention, yeah, drawing attention to the plights. So in addition to um, feeding our spirits, growing the church, identifying our members, we need someone to speak for us about the challenges that we have here so that the community can grow. I don't know if I've connected it. It's, I'm just picking on your keywords and I'm trying to create a thread here. Yeah, to me, I mean, I feel like an interesting piece of this or a challenging piece is the question of power and access. And so when you think about who has access in DC, you know, usually it's institutions that have money or have been around for a long time or, you know, mm -hmm. are, are, are managed by elite persons. And they are, as part of their job, but also what they're kind of controlling is controlling the narrative and making decisions. And so when we think about like church structures and power, like both challenging the power and inviting broader and more participatory processes, but then also when th this bumps up against, you know, very real uh, limitations in DC. Yeah. And so how, how do we, I, I guess the, the very practical question, which is not, at all pushing back on what you're saying, but it's kind of the extending of that, like the very real questions, like how do we do that well? How do we represent? So if we're, if we're taking, we're hearing stories from EYN, how do we represent those well in a way that's not extracting from them in a way that doesn't have sort of two directions? How do we have a mutual relationship, but then mm -hmm. also still work to build for the lack of a better, maybe theologically robust term, how do we build power in DC to make power, to make change, but then also mm -hmm. recognizing that, that we can't change anything. So there's like, there's both an element of like patience, but also impatience with like injustice, impatience yeah. with power structures that exclude people. Yeah. But there's also a patience or an endurance, maybe endurance is a better word, endurance of continuing to do it and recognizing that we can't change it all at once. Hopefully yeah. we change something or at least reduce harm. Yeah. Um, feels like a very live question. Then this, I, there's a lot of parallels or overlaps with theology and church life. How do yeah. we stick with it long enough to change? But how do we also have a radical hope or a radical sort of impatience um, with uh, disempowerment or injustice? Okay, it's very broad, Nathan, but... Um... Listening to you, something that came to my mind was um, how do you have a mutual relationship and how do you actually um, affect change or put yourself on the path to create change that will impact, that will impact the, um, well, the local man? How, do, how can we um, create an awareness of the plight of these people in let's take it let's take maybe one person or a small community in Mobi um how do you how do you start something in DC that will affect them there I had I had something like that in what you said am I right yeah um I think yeah I mean, it, it, I think the work that um, I came and met you doing in DC kind of like does that. Um, 
coalitions is one of the ways um joining something bigger than one community in, in mobi something that addresses something bigger than one little community in mobi but in, in inside this big big thing these people's um plight is addressed or their need is met how do you uh i had impatience how do you start something and um not being patient um i would say change is difficult or change is not easy and change is not um swift so goes back to what i came to my mind joining coalitions working for a working for a greater good a bigger good that will um that's what's what's a community a small christian community in northern nigeria needs can be taken care of by this bigger goal so um like in our work in our work with um in the work i i came and you know i met you doing in opp the bigger coalitions that we work with um whether it's for um drone strikes or human rights abuses or even the nigeria working group were able to do work or advocate for policies that will ultimately touch a smaller com a small community in northern nigeria when you you reference coalitions a few times which is makes sense given what we spend our time doing i think okay. thinking about a it's always risky perhaps to jump metaphors but a theological metaphor or visual or a theological thread or theme within the church of the brother and the duncan Hugs podcast would be discerning or working as a community and the body of christ and so this idea that we all bring something and we work at uh relationships that are embodied in justice and peace and and, and well-being but then we also have a common common objective and so i know the coalitions are not theological entities per se but i, I see this at least running similar or relatedly to how we think about church life of, uh, as the community process so we're just about at time it, it looks like but uh maybe we'll invite some final closing thoughts from your ends um as you go forward and you uh, are now in this context engaging with people thinking about peace building or struggles for justice uh, do you have any comments on a spiritual practice or spiritual um life-giving exercise that you engage in when you when you would think about this work or think about doing it for a long time or discern um for yourself next steps or as you discern as you work through opp hmm. spiritual practice i would say um the basics do unto others as you want them to do unto you it's something that i think about a lot or love your neighbor as yourself 
as is written in the Bible. It's um, it's definitely one of my um, guiding, I would say my guiding um, principles, in my approach to life. Um, and yeah, basically that and do no harm, even though that is a bit more, we say that a lot in peace building, do no harm, but suppose the harm I'm doing to someone else is in furtherance of my safety. But I find that love your neighbor as yourself. For me, it's, it's definitely, um, it's an active word for me. It's an active phrase for me. Well, thank you for your work with OPP. It's been good to get to know you over these past months and uh, more in this conversation. So uh, thank you for your work with us and with uh, this particular podcast. Thank you for the opportunities. It's thank you. I really like it. I'm grateful for it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much to Nathan and Chitty for sharing. I was particularly excited hearing Chitty touching on how her journey was influenced by the desire to settle disputes without the coldness of a legal process. I found this impactful and it brought to mind a few things within my journey and I'm sure in some others. This statement for me implies the call for a new form of addressing conflicts, one that is humanized and founded on preserving the dignity of one another. I'm drawn to the story in John 8 of the woman who was to be stoned at the hands of her own community. While the main message of this story is typically that they were trying to test Jesus on the law, something else stood out to me when coming at it from this new angle. Jesus reminded them that they too have sinned and offered an opportunity for reflection. Let those who have never sinned cast the first stone. This, in my opinion, created a connection between those judging and those being judged. I like to think that some were touched by a new understanding of community. When the woman was moved from her actions to a human being, there could be this space for Jesus to come in and radically transform our understanding of communities engaging in disagreements and conflicts. A very foundational principle seen in the story is this humanization and dignity that Chitty has mentioned in her own journey. I have somewhat recently joined my district Shalom team, where a group of us as siblings in Christ holding different experiences, viewpoints, and beliefs work together to assist congregations in mediating conflict. It has been an incredible journey sharing space with this group who is not of one mind in all things, but relies on this foundation of mirroring the life of Jesus in our work as a guiding light. Our ability to hold this dignity and humanity has allowed for transformative work within our group and outside of it. Being a peace builder is not an easy journey by any means. It is mentally and physically exhausting but is also a collaborative effort. The journey is long, but as long as we are walking alongside our neighbors, it makes the work a little bit easier. We should remind our siblings engaging in this piecework to remain resilient, remain steadfast, have patience, but be loud in our needs and demands, and do all of these things alongside one another for the good of our community. 
Thank you again to Chitty for sharing your story and impacting all of us as peacemakers. We are walking alongside you in your journey. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. The Dunker Punks podcast is a community of radical followers of Jesus who are energized in community peace building. This episode was hosted by myself, Alyssa Parker, using she, her pronouns. Audio was contributed by Nathan Hostler and Chidima Chikoka. Tyler North and Ryan Domer edited this episode, and Jacob Cross creates our music. Suzanne Lay manages production and communications. Wichita First Church of the Brethren, Long Green Valley Church of the Brethren, Living Stream Church of the Brethren, Warrensburg Church of the Brethren, Beacon Heights Church of the Brethren, Arlington Church of the Brethren, and Honor of Peace sponsor the show. Become a part of our Dunker Punks podcast family. Would you like to hear your congregation among these other sponsors of the Dunker Punks podcast? Encourage your congregation to become a sponsor. It's only $200 to support voices of young leaders sharing incredible work. Be a part of a movement that highlights young voices of faith, empowers leaders, and calls to action our faith through podcast. Together, we can literally value what young people of faith have to say. Email us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org for more information. Will you be attending annual conference? We are currently recruiting interviewers for live recordings of annual conference leadership. Send us an email or join in or recommend a youth or young adult. Participate in any of those ways. We would love to have you. There are so many biblical stories that I can feel that are connected with Chitty's journey and the journey of peace building. Share a story or a scripture that comes to mind with us on our social media or by sending us an email. You can even use your thoughts to create show art. We'd be delighted to share it on all of our social media channels and platforms. You can also get involved with Dunker Punk's podcast by applying to be an audio contributor, create your own episode, suggest an episode idea, or donate to support our content creators and management. And a reminder that you should definitely sign up for our periodic newsletter. You can do so on the right sidebar of our homepage at arlingtoncob.org dpp or by sending an email to us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org. Also, be on the lookout for our next episode dropping on May 20th featuring Annalisa Gross and Women's Caucus. Until next time, Dunker Punks, peace and blessings.